Hello everyone. Hey, welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm so glad you've joined me today. I'm looking forward to sharing the Word of God with you and I'm looking forward to continuing the series that I began last week on lessons that we can learn from Jesus's apostles. And uh, that's what we're going to be doing over the next next several weeks, many weeks, is looking at each one of Jesus's 12 apostles and learning lessons from them. Okay, and last week uh, we started with Peter. And if you missed that, I want to highly encourage you to go back, go into our into our archives, and find that and listen to it. And I think it'll be a blessing to you. And and so I want to continue with him today. But before I do, let's just uh, do a brief review in Luke the sixth chapter, verses twelve through sixteen. Uh, the uh, 12 apostles are listed by name. And remember, I, I said to you last week, we want to be sure that we can list, by the time we get to the end of this series, many weeks down the road, that we can list the 12 apostles just as quickly as we could list Santa's reindeer or, or the names of the three stooges or the names of the seven dwarfs and so on and so forth. You know, uh, I, I'm trying to be humorous there, but but I'd almost guarantee it to you, most Christians, they can get Santa's reindeer, you know, name all, all eight of them plus Rudolph, but not get the 12 apostles. And we need to be able to, to know the uh, names of the 12 apostles and, and not only know their names, but learn some lessons from their lives and how they interacted with Jesus and, and uh, many things we can learn. And like I said, last week we started with Peter, but we'll pick up with him. But let's read this. Luke 6, verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out, Jesus went out to a mountain to pray, continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he calls it, he called his disciples to himself and from them. See, he had many more there than twelve, but from them he chose twelve whom he also named apostles. And remember, I said last time that it's important uh, that before we make any major decisions that we spend time in prayer. And that's what Jesus did. And he chose from his, all of the, the disciples that, that were followers of his, he chose twelve of them to be apostles. And uh, then gives their name. Simon, whom he also named Peter. And uh, Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon called the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. So there you have it, the, the 12 apostles. And let's make an effort to learn, learn their names and that we can list them. I think it's important. And not only to list their names, but let's learn some lessons from their lives. So like I said last week, we started with Peter. And just lessons that we can learn from his, his life, the way he interacted with Jesus. Again, can't cover everything, can't get everything in, but we're being led by the Holy Spirit and trust will get in what, what he wants us to get in in this series. And so just by way of review with Peter, uh, you know, a lesson we learned when someone calls you to Christ, respond. And that's what, that's what Peter did. Um, we also learned that, uh, we need to, uh, uh, listen to Jesus and do what he says, even, even if it doesn't make sense. Uh, do exactly what he says, not just part of what he says, but exactly what Jesus says. We learned that last week. Uh, don't take your eyes off Jesus, no matter what. Keep your eyes on him. And, uh, if you do begin to sink, well, cry out for help. We learned that last time. Uh, when Peter began to sink there, you know, he cried out for help. And Jesus helped him. 
And uh, we also learned the importance of being a forgiver last time. Uh, we also learned that we should never unwittingly yield ourselves to the devil. And Peter did that. And we talked about that again last time. Hey, if you missed that, go back and listen to it. It, it really will help you. I think it, I think it, it was a blessing. And, uh, and don't rebuke Jesus. We saw that Peter rebuked Jesus. You know, that's when he unwittingly yielded himself to the devil. Don't do that. Uh, we also learned that, you know, if Jesus wants to wash your feet, let him wash your feet. You know, and if you missed that, go listen to it. Uh, uh, the importance of being alert and being in a position where Jesus can count on us at any time. Remember, Peter was asleep when he shouldn't have been. Should have been watching and praying when they're at the Garden of Gethsemane and, and he wasn't. Him and James and John were sleeping. And uh, uh, so we need to uh, learn the lesson from Peter that uh, uh, when Jesus is counting on us, we should be alert, on call, always ready to serve him. And uh, we also learned about never saying never. And uh, we learned that we should never deny Jesus like Peter did three times. But remember, we saw that he went out and he repented. And, and we see that Jesus forgave him. And remember, we told you right at the end of last week's session that the angel... Remember when he told the ladies at the tomb, you know, Jesus is not here. He's risen. Go tell his disciples and Peter. And that must have meant a lot to Peter when he heard that because he, he had just denied. You know, you got to think about this too. When Peter denied Jesus on those three occasions, if you read the gospel accounts, Jesus heard him do it. Jesus was not off somewhere else where he couldn't hear Peter. He heard Peter. He heard him. He was within that, that close of a distance where he heard Peter deny him. Peter denied Jesus three times. And, uh, but, but remember, and if you missed that, you can go to our archives and, and catch up, covered it last week. But the angel told the ladies, uh, uh, said, go tell the disciples and Peter that Jesus is risen. So that must have meant a lot to Peter. The lesson we learned is that God's a forgiver. Don't deny Jesus, but if you do, be like Peter. Be quick, quick to repent, quick to repent, and God will forgive us, okay? So that was uh, what we covered last week. So let's pick up with the new material here. Um, uh, in Luke 22, verse 30, uh, when uh, Jesus was uh, telling Peter, of uh, his his upcoming denial, which we ju I just mentioned it, um, uh, but earlier on, before Peter did deny Jesus, the Lord said to him, uh, he said in Luke twenty two verse thirty, he said to Peter, he said, he said, you're going to deny me and all that, you know, before the rooster crows, you know, deny me three times and all of that. Uh, but here is something interesting. He says here, he said, but when you've returned to me. Strengthen your brethren. What lesson can we learn here? That we should be uh, Christians, people that strengthen others. Uh, we should be people who strengthen our brothers and sisters in Christ, not tear them down. And again, in pastoring almost three decades, I've seen a lot of situations where... Uh, Christians would they'd tear one another down. They'd chew on one another, talk bad about one another. You know, I saw a lot of that. Now, now I saw a lot of situations where that didn't happen and, and people building one another up. I saw a lot of that. But sad to say, I did see a lot of 
of backbiting and, and, you know, when somebody made a mistake or had a problem, you know, uh, other Christians would almost rejoice at it, you know, and, and it's so sad. Uh, no, no, we, we, we shouldn't be tearing one another down and trying to weaken one another or take pleasure when something bad happens to a fellow brother or sister in the Lord or something bad happens to anybody. But rather, we should go about strengthening people. And that's what uh, Jesus told Peter to do. He said, strengthen your brethren. And so first lesson here tonight, <laughs> tonight, uh, first lesson here today is what I meant to say. And maybe you're watching it at night. So <laughs> maybe you're watching me at night. So it's first lesson tonight for watching me in today. First lesson during the day. Whenever you're watching me, hey, first lesson of this, first, first new point of this teaching today is what I'm trying to say is... We need to go about strengthening our fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord, okay? And that's a good lesson to learn. Now, let's go to John, the 21st chapter, and continue here. Oh, this is a good lesson coming up here. Oh, this is a good one. I mean, really pay attention here. This is, I mean, all, they're all good lessons, but these last, my last two pages of notes here, I think got some really rich stuff on them. So, so let's, let's look at this. So, uh, this was after Jesus had been raised from the dead, you know, and and uh, there he's out there, you know, uh, with with John and and John is there and Peter's there and Jesus is there and this is before Jesus is ascended up to be seated at the right hand of the Father and all of that. And John twenty one verse twenty one, Peter seeing him seeing John said to Jesus, "But Lord, what about this man? What about John?" Uh, you know what 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 what's going to happen what's what's going to happen to him what are you going to do with him what are you going to do with with John what about John what about John what about John you know it's i mean, i mean you know uh, well you know we we all have done this you know lord now what what are you going to do uh, you know what are you going to do what are you going to do about brother so and so what are you going to do about brother so-and-so over here? Well, you know, what are you going to do about sister so-and-so? I mean, I think we've all done it. And that's what Peter was doing. He said, Lord, but what about John? What are you going to do with him? And Jesus gave the answer to that question. Absolute the answer. Here it is. Jesus said to Peter, if I will that John remains till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Oh, wow. Now, let me just read from my notes here. Here's a lesson that we should learn. We must not get jealous and distracted by what God is doing with others. You know, that, I mean, that's, that was worth tuning in just to get that. We must not get jealous and distracted by what God is doing with others, with our fellow brothers and sisters. You know, the disciples argued frequently Frequently, the disciples argued frequently about which of them would be the greatest. A lesson we can learn from all 12 of the, of the apostles is we should never argue about who's going to be the greatest. But they did. They argued about that a lot. <laughs> they really did. They argued about who was going to be the greatest a lot. They were even arguing about it at the Last Supper. Who was going to be the greatest? Who was going to be the greatest? Who was going to be the greatest? And Jesus 
tried to get it through to them. I mean, one time he called a little child over and set the little child down and told him, he said, if you want to be great in the kingdom of, uh, of heaven, you got to be like this little child, you know. And then he tried to get it through to the disciples that if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you got to be a servant and you got to be humble. And, and, and But yet the disciples, they just keep arguing and arguing and arguing who is going to be the greatest. And Jesus again and again tried to get them to see that it's... You know, this is, this is a, this is a problem in, in the body of Christ. And it's something I've had to deal with in my life. I think all of us maybe on some level have had to deal with this. I know particularly you get over in the ministry where I've been for most of my life. You know, well, which minister is the greatest? Which minister is the, who's the greatest minister? Who's the most popular? Who's, who's got the most people in their church or following their ministry and so on? Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? You know, I'll tell you who the greatest is. I got it from Jesus. The one who's the servant of all. The one who is humble, like a little child. The one who's doing uh, the will of God for their life. Absolutely. But yet, we all go around... You know, at times, I suppose, if you're like me, well, who's the greatest? Who's the, who's the most important? Who's this? Who's that? And that's not how God looks at it. God looks at everybody individually as being important. And if we want to be the greatest, well, we should be a humble servant of the Lord. Absolutely. But, but here you got, so the, the so we learn a lesson from all the, the apostles. Don't argue about who's going to be the greatest. Jesus answers that question to them uh, uh, again and again. And actually, I think that's why we talked about it last time. But that's one of the reasons I think that the Lord went and started washing their feet. One of the reasons at the Last Supper is because they were clearly arguing about who is going to be the greatest. And so Jesus, the creator of all, the second member of the Trinity, God in the flesh, starts washing his creation's feet. You think about that to show humility. And if you want to be the great, you be the humble and the servant of all. But anyway, so, so they argued and argued about that. But, uh, but you know what? Here, Peter's saying, what about John? What about John? What are you going to do with John? So we must not get jealous and distracted by what God is doing with others. And the disciples argued frequently about which of them would be the greatest. Uh, but you know what? Here's what Jesus said. We've already read it, but it bears repetition. He told Peter, he said, he essentially, I'll put it in my own words. He said, Peter, whatever I want to do with John is between me and John. That's our business. But then he told Peter, don't, don't, don't bother about John in that regard. You just follow me. So I tell you what, if you're out there and you're listening to me and you're having trouble with who's going to be the greatest and you're having trouble with, with, uh, 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 with self-esteem or, or, or like if you're a minister out there and you're out there and you, you, you see other ministers excelling, so, so to speak, or, 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 you know, you know, you've been doing something for years and, and then, you know, you see somebody else come along and, and accomplish something in a, in a tenth of the time that it took you to accomplish what you, you, you had, what you've accomplished and all of that. It's so, it's so easy to get beaten down and, you know, wonder, well, you know, why is that happening and this and that? Hey, look, let's learn a lesson through Peter here, what Jesus told Peter. Hey, whatever God wants to do with these other ministers or these other Christians, that's wonderful. That's between them and the Lord. But here's the lesson we learn. You follow Jesus. 
And, and that's what we need to do. We just need to follow Jesus, okay? And, and if God uses somebody else to do a wonderful thing, then praise God. Hey, we're all, as Christians, we're all on the same team anyway, aren't we? Absolutely. We're not in competition. I tell, tell you what, that's one of the worst things that I've seen in ministry between pastors and ministers over all these years is, is ministries get in competition with one another. Pastors get in competition with one another. Who's got the biggest church? Who's got the biggest this and that? We're all on the same team. We, you know, we, you know, we all, you know, we, we, you get what I'm trying to say? And, and so, so, you know, hey, hey, just, just, just don't worry about what God's doing with other people. You know, pray for them. Be glad if God's using others to win the loss to Christ and to bless people. But you follow Jesus. Keep your eyes on Him. Boy, that's, that's, that, I don't know how that came out, but I hope you got the heart of what I feel the Holy Spirit's trying to stay, say there. Uh, we just need to follow the Lord. Just don't, 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 don't get caught up with who's the greatest and all that. You just, like I said, the Lord wants to use somebody else in a certain way and all that. Don't get jealous. Just be glad God's using them. But you just follow the Lord and the plan He has for your life, okay? Now, all right. <laughs> with that being said, go to John 21. Um, now, just prior to this, what about John situation? Simon Peter said to them, because Jesus, you know, he had been crucified and raised from the dead and all of that. But now, here's the thing. The disciples had been following Jesus. Peter had been following Jesus, arguably his number one disciple, apostle, his right-hand man, three and a half years. He had been in the fishing business. Jesus called him out of that. Three and a half years of nonstop, I mean, just the greatest thing, the greatest ministry you've ever seen. Now, what's Peter going to do now? He, I mean, it looks like it's over. I mean, Jesus has been, yeah, he died on the cross, raised from the dead, but now what's Peter going to do? I mean, it almost looks like, I mean, you know, Jesus is, is, is going to be going back into heaven and all of that. I mean, what's, what's Peter going to do? Well, here's what he says. Simon Peter said in John 21, 3, he said, I'm going fishing. <laughs> he said, I'm going fishing. I mean, he's going to go back to what he was doing before, before he came to the Lord. I'm going fishing. And they said to him, some of the other disciples there with him said, we're going to go with you also. And they went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night, guess what happened? They caught nothing. <laughs> what's, what's the lesson? Once we've decided to follow Jesus, we must not turn back to our old, uh, to, to our old life, old, old way of doing things. And, and frankly, they did that and they caught nothing. They caught absolutely nothing. And, uh, I mean, that, 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 that's a lesson we need to learn is, is that, you know, uh, you know, I, I'll just tell you in my life there, you know, I was, I was a school teacher before I went into ministry, before the Lord called me into ministry. And, and, you know, there were some times over the years, you know, a few times here and there, you know, you get in a little low spell. I think it's happened to all of us. I thought, well, you know, I'll just go back to teaching school, but I never did. I never had peace with it. Because I knew the Lord called me to the ministry. And, uh, 
and, and frankly, you know, since since now that we've gone on on online, you know, I've thought a time or two. Well, maybe I ought to go, you know, go go back teaching teaching school. No, the Lord's called me to stand here and teach you the Word of God. So that's what we're going to do. Praise God. But Peter, he went back. He did. He, they went out. They went out to go fishing. You're not going to catch anything. He he not going to he he didn't catch anything. You know, and frankly, when, if you think about it, when Jesus first encountered, I guess, Peter there, you know, and we talked about it last time, they just come in for fishing and they caught nothing. You know, now that may not have been their first encounter, but you know what I'm talking about. They'd caught nothing. And now they went into ministry with Jesus three and a half years. And now they're turning back to fishing and they're not catching anything. Jesus didn't call Peter to catch fish. He called him. He said, I'll make you fishers of men. And Peter's never going to catch, catch any fish. He's, no, he's called to catch men. Praise God. Amen. And, uh, and so, but now, of course, if you read on, you'd see that Jesus eventually showed up. He was over there, you know, at the, at the, doing a little barbecue, you know, and when Peter realized it was him, he jumped in the lake and swam over, you know, and, and, and there was Jesus and, you know, he told them to go out and, let down the nets. Now, Jesus tells you to go let down the nets. Like the first encounter that, that Peter and Jesus had, you know, he said, go let down the nets and so forth. And we talked about it last time. They caught fish. And this time here, see, uh, you see, Peter had gone back to fishing without, without the Lord's direction. He caught nothing. But now then when the Lord did, if you read on, you'd see the Lord, the Lord told him to go, go let down the net at a certain place. And he did. Yes, he learned his lesson from the first time and they caught, they caught, they caught fish and so forth. But the point I'm trying to get across to you here is once we've decided to follow Jesus, what is, what's that old song? I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And that's what, now Peter, I don't see him that, you know, this wasn't like he was denying the Lord. He just, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do? I, I was fishing. Then I was in the ministry three and a half years. Whirlwind ministry, by the way. Greatest the world's ever seen. And now what am I going to do? Well, I guess I'll go back fishing. No, 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 no. Uh, not going to catch any fish. But thank God when we wonder what in the world we're going to do. Well, hey, Jesus was over there, not far away. It had further direction for him. Praise God. And you know what? There was more ministry for Peter after this and uh uh to to get that uh but but let me say this let me just read from my notes when it looks like it's all over god still has wonderful things for us ahead and that was true with peter we're looking at lessons we learned from peter when it looked like it was all over for peter god had some wonderful lesson uh, wonderful lessons some wonderful things ahead for peter to do and we're learning that lesson right now it wasn't over peter wasn't supposed to go back to fishing absolutely not he was not for fish but continue to catch men praise god man i feel the anointing of god because you know what happened over there in the book of acts absolutely god god has some more for peter to do and remember uh, uh you know jesus said go he told his his apostles there you know and the, and the disciples that were with him he said go into jerusalem you know and tarry and wait till you're in dude with power from on high and peter and the others they went over there to jerusalem you know and they were in the upper room praise god and the holy you know the day of pentecost had fully come they were all, all with one accord in one place and there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and and they were all filled with a holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues praise god and peter went out there you know and he preached on the day of pentecost and three thousand people got saved isn't that fantastic see he's a fisher of men not a fisher of fish 
anymore. Praise God. So what am I trying to say? Learn a lesson from Peter. If God's called you to the ministry, you stay in the ministry. If God's whatever he's called you to do, you just you just stay right with it. You just stay right with it. And just when you might think it's all over, uh, hey, stick with the Lord and he'll he'll have a he'll have another assignment for you to do. And, and, and look, Peter, he gets up and just think this man, he had just not long ago denied Jesus three times. But he repented, and now God is using him to preach the first, the first message preached by a Holy Ghost-filled man, and 3,000 people get saved. Praise God. I'm excited. <laughs> Glory to God. And God wasn't finished with him. Glory to God. And, uh, and then here's another lesson we learned from Peter after he preached and all those people got saved and all of that on the day of Pentecost in Acts 3, verse 6. Remember he, him and John came up to that guy there, you know, at the gate? And, and he was, he was crippled, you know. And, 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 and Peter, Peter said to him, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And the guy leaped and walked. And my goodness, what a wonderful thing. What, what, what lesson do we learn? Well, he said, silver and gold I don't have. Now that didn't mean he was broke. It just means he didn't have any money on him at the time. That's what that means. Cause over there at the, at the temple where they were, they had plenty of, there was plenty of goods over there. He just didn't have any money. What, what's a lesson that here's a lesson we learn. He just didn't have any money on him at the time. All right. He said, silver and gold, I don't have, but what I have, I give. I see he didn't have any money on him, but he had the name of Jesus. What lesson do we learn here? Don't ever leave, leave home without Jesus. You might leave home without your American Express. Remember that old commercial from years ago? Don't leave home without it. Your credit card, American Express. Don't leave home without it. Well, you might leave home without your American Express, but you never leave home without Jesus. And Peter, see, he left home without his American uh, Without his, he left the temple without the American Express. Had no money on him, but he had the name of Jesus. And that he said to he said to that crippled man, he said, "Look on us." And he, and he said, "Silver and gold we don't have, but what what did he have? He had the power of God, the name of Jesus. Don't ever leave home without the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Praise God. A lesson we learn. And uh, and here's another lesson in Acts the tenth chapter. <laughs> I'm just excited teaching the Word of God. Acts the tenth chapter in the thirteenth verse. Uh, Peter was on the housetop praying, you know, and and and, and uh, he had that vision, and where he where he saw that sheet come down from heaven with those animals, you know, in it, and the voice came, "Rise, Peter, kill and eat," and so on and so forth. And Peter said, "Not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything common or unclean." And then the voice spoke and said to him, "What God's cleansed, you must not call common." And remember, then God directed him to go over to Cornelius's house and preach the gospel to the to the Gentiles, you know, and that was unheard of back then. I mean, the, the gospel was seen as just being for the Jews. But but God wanted it to go to the Gentiles, and God used Peter to do that to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. Now now Peter was was the apostle to the Jews. Paul was apostle to the Gentiles. But you know uh, that being said, you know Paul ministered to a lot of Jews, and Peter was the first one to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. But here's the lesson we learned: Peter thought the Jews were the only ones God wanted to save. And the Jews actually looked down on the Gentiles. So God was teaching Peter that salvation is available to all. And what God has cleansed with the precious blood of Jesus must not be called common or unclean. What is a real lesson we learn here is that the gospel is for anybody and everybody. It's for all. Jesus died for all. And all we have to do to take advantage of that is repent of our sins and receive Jesus as our Savior. But that's a lesson that he had for Peter is, is, is that the gospel is not just for
for the Jews. The Bible says it's for the Jews first, but also for the Gentiles. The gospel is for everybody and anyone. And all we have to do to take advantage of it is repent of our sins and receive Jesus. But that was a big lesson. That was a big lesson he had to get through to Peter because Peter really did in those apostles. They thought the gospel was only for the, for the Jews. But no, uh, lesson we learned from Peter, the gospel is for everybody. Jesus died on that old rugged cross for everybody. Uh, praise God, and I'm glad he did. Now, of all the lessons that we've learned from Peter, I've saved the most important three for last. So we're going to conclude with these. And uh, uh, the first one of these last three is the lesson of salvation. Matthew 16, verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then Jesus said to them, and he asked them the question of the ages. And it's a question that we all have to answer. Absolutely. And it's the heaven-hell question. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And that's a question, dear friend, that you're going to have to answer if you haven't already. Who do you say that Jesus is? Some said that he was just, well, John the Baptist or raised from the dead or Elijah come or, or Jeremiah or one of the prophets, you know, raised from the dead. Or, but, 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 but Jesus asked the question, he said, but who do you say? That I am. And Peter, lesson from Peter, he gave the right answer. Now, Peter messed up a lot, but this is one time he didn't mess up. He got the right answer. 100% on this one. He said to the Lord, he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And that's the lesson of salvation. He knew who Jesus was, that Jesus wasn't just a good man, though he was a good man. He wasn't just a prophet, though he was a prophet. Peter knew that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And and, and that's the reason Peter was saved, because he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. He recognized Jesus as the Son of the living God. And then I don't have this in my notes, but you know, Jesus said to him, he said, uh, he said, he talked about two rocks, a big rock and the little rock. He called Peter a little rock, but then he also made reference in the Greek language, uh, which the Bible, the New Testament was written in. He made reference to a big rock. You know what the big rock is? See, a lot of times people think that the church was built on Peter. No, absolutely not. You don't want the church built on Peter. He was, as we've seen, I mean, he, he's up one minute down the next. No, 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 no. The church was built on the revelation knowledge of who Jesus is. See, because he said to Peter, he said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. He said, he talked to him about that big rock and then he called Peter a little rock. Well, Peter was a little rock, but what was the big rock that the church was built on? Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church and gates of hell not prevail against it. It was the, the rock and this is what the church is built on, the revelation knowledge of who Jesus is. And that's what Peter had. He had the revelation knowledge from the Heavenly Father of who Jesus is. He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Lesson we learned from Peter. I hope you can make that confession from your heart yourself. It's important. If you can't make that, then you're not saved. But if you can, you are. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. That's wonderful. Now, then we learn the lesson of love. The lesson of love. Uh, now, uh, we talked about how uh, Peter had denied Jesus three times and all of that. Uh, but, you know, after Jesus had been raised from the dead, uh, he, he asked Peter, he asked him 
uh, if he loved him. He said, Peter, do you love me? And it's interesting, he asked him three times. Jesus asked Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? Now, I'm not going to get into the Greek words and all of that because we could talk about that for a, a long time, but I just want to get get what I feel the Spirit of God wants me to get across here to you. He said, do you love me? Three times. I believe Jesus asked him three times because Peter denied him three times, so Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? And uh, and actually what he said to him, he, he said, uh, if you look at John 21, 15, so when they'd eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, he said, Simon, son of Jonah, he said, do you love me? But then he said, more than these. And of course, uh, Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then that went on another two times after that, three times total. But more than these, and I think it's interesting, more than these, uh, it could pertain to these three things. I think it's a significant. First of all, it could be they were out there fishing. Remember, we talked about that a moment ago. You know, they're out there. Peter said, I'm going fishing. He went back into the, was going to go back into fishing business. And the Lord asked him, do you love me more than these? It could have had to do with these, these, th- th- this fishing business and, and, and the fish that were caught because the, the fish meant money, you know, and a living and, 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 and so forth. And that's how fishermen make a living. They catch fish. And, you know, in, in pastoring all these last three decades plus, I've learned this about Christians. People, a lot of times, I'm talking Christians now, love things more than they do love, than they love Jesus. A little self-test for you here. Do you love Jesus more than you love your business? Do you love Jesus more than 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 you love sports teams? Do you love Jesus more than you love your house or your car, your job or whatever? He was asking that to Peter. Do you love me, Peter, more than you love the fishing business? And then more than these could have have to do with this. Do you love me, Peter, more than you love these other disciples? And I've seen a lot of Christians over the years, they, they love other people far more than they love Jesus. We ought to love our spouse. We ought to love our children. We ought to love our parents. We ought to love our siblings. But we ought to love Jesus more. And to not means we're not worthy of Him. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've just watched this over the years where I've seen Christians love things and people more than they love Jesus. And we need to learn a lesson from Peter here. And, and, and he said, yes, Lord. He, he said, yes, I love you more than I love the fish in the fishing business. Yes, I love you as much as I love these other disciples. Lord, I love you more. We need to be answer, be able to answer yes to those questions also. We need to love Jesus more than we love our, our business or whatever it is, you know, or more than our house, as I've already said. And we also need to love him more, love him more than anybody else, including our, our children. And our, and our spouse, and so forth. But then finally, do you love me, Peter, more than these other, more than these other disciples love me? Now this is an interesting one. Do you love me more than these other disciples love me? Interesting thing here. You know, Jesus loves everyone the same. But I've learned this myself. Jesus loves everyone the same, but not everyone loves Jesus the same. Now you think about that. Jesus loves everyone the same, but not everyone loves Jesus the same. I've watched that, you know. And uh, 
you know. Uh, I'll use David as an example in the Old Testament. God used him greatly. And God loved him, man after his own heart. But you look at the life of David, he loved the Lord. He loved the Lord more than a lot of people. And you see that, you see, well, I wonder how, I wonder how come, you know, oh boy, listen to this. I wonder how come God's using so and so more than, 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 than he's using me. I guess God loves so and so more than he does me. Well, you're asking the wrong question. It's not that God loves that other person more than he loves you. The question is, does that other person love Jesus more than you do? Now, that's so good, I want to say that again. People will say, I've been guilty of this myself. Well, I see God using that person over there. I guess God just loves that person more than he loves me. That's 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 not the right question. The question is, is, does that person that God's using over there more than you, does that person love Jesus more than you do? That's the question. Now, think about that. Think about that. Selah. Then the Old Testament, Selah, when that was written, you know, in the Psalms, it meant, meant stop and ponder and think on that. But nonetheless, Peter answered. He gave the right answer. And yes, Lord, I love you. Yes, Lord, I love you. Yes, Lord, I love you. And, uh, and, and, and he did. And then God used him greatly. And, and he loved Jesus. He really, really did. Uh, he really, really, really did. And, uh, you know, much more. You know, one test that you can give yourself to see if you really love the Lord. It's really easy to say you love him. But you know how you could prove it? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Are you keeping his commandments? Anyway, let's conclude right here. The last lesson we learned from Peter that, that I feel impressed to cover is the lesson of eternal commitment. And uh, you remember there was a time when all of the disciples walked away from Jesus. Jesus had been teaching, and you find it over in John's Gospel account, he'd been teaching, and he said some things that were pretty, pretty blunt. And uh, the disciples as a whole, there's a bunch of them, just multitude of them, bunch of them, and they were listening, and I'm not going to get into it all, but they were listening to spiritual truths with natural thinking. And when you do that, you get offended. And they did. And they walked away from Jesus. And there were only 12 left. Interesting to me, Jesus didn't go run after them to try to talk them into coming back. They walked away. I'm talking the multitude of the disciples. There were 12 of them left. And Jesus said, he said, do you all want to go too? He said, want to use a devil. He was talking about Judas, who would betray him. We'll get to Judas in a future, future session. But, but he said, do you all want to go too? Do you all want to go too? If you want to leave, there's a door. And Peter, again, gave a right answer here. And he said this. He said in John 6, verse 68, Simon Peter said to the Lord, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And you know what? Where else are we going to go? I tell you what, I have no one else to go to. Like the old song, where could I go but to the Lord? I have nowhere else to go. I've put all my marbles in Jesus' basket many years ago. I have nowhere else to go. Uh, Jesus is my Lord. He's my Savior. And that's what Peter was saying. Lord, it's interesting if you really think about it. They, they might they might have been thinking, you know, they might have been thinking, well, but there wasn't, where else, where else are we going to go? Who are we going to try? I don't want to go to nobody else, but there ain't nobody else to go to. 
What are we going to turn to Allah? We're going to turn to Muhammad? We're going to turn to Buddha? We're going to turn to Confucius? We're going to turn to Harry Krishna? Not me. I tell you what, I'm with Peter. Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I'm sticking with you. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And I tell you what, I say amen and amen to that, Peter. He, he got that right. I have nowhere else to go. I like what one minister said years ago. He said, I'm with Jesus and I don't want out. <laughs> and I agree. Praise God forevermore. And you know what? I'll leave you with this. The ultimate lesson I think that we learned from Peter, we got a lot of them in these last two sessions, but I think the ultimate lesson that we learned from Peter is this. If God can use Peter... If God can use Peter, he can sure use you and me. Absolutely the truth. Because I tell you what, Peter was anything but perfect. And, uh, you know, he'd speak up at times. He shouldn't have probably spoke up. And, you know, he just, he was just a lot like all of us. And if God can use Peter, he can use you and he can use me. So, hey, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, on Lessons from Peter. And next week we'll pick up with, I, I believe we'll pick up with John next week and we'll look at some lessons that we can learn from the, the Apostle John. And I think it's going to be, uh, I think it'll be a blessing to you. So I trust you enjoyed this. Hey, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, uh, if you can't say, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, I want to invite you to make an adjustment in your heart. You need to be able to answer that question like Peter did. When, when I'm asking you right now, who do you say Jesus is? And be like Peter. Say, Jesus, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Tell you what, if you can say that from your heart and you cry out to the, to, to the Lord Jesus, tell you what, that quick, you'll get saved, you'll miss hell, you'll make heaven, and Jesus will make your life worth living in the meantime. Hey, had a great time with you, and we'll see you next week with the Apostle John. God bless you. Bye-bye.